You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There is no off-season here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Welcome in to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher here with you. And as Bill Belichick likes to say, no days off. No days off on the Illini Inquirer podcast. And speaking of Bill Belichick, we are going to have one of his former staffers and coaches on the podcast today. We have had very, very busy times here with Illinois basketball and all the movement happening there with transfers with coaches leaving coaches reportedly coming in and we have you updated on the latest Derek Piper was on with us yesterday on the podcast and of course we have version 3.0 quickly after we finished up that podcast with a little bit more buzz on who could follow Chester Frazier reportedly uh, who is joining Brad Underwood's staff the former Illini guard himself coming back from Virginia Tech after a long trip as well uh, with Bruce Weber on his staff at Kansas State so we got the latest for you there we got you covered there but today we're going to go back to football and we are glad that uh brett bielema was kind enough with his time gave us about 20 25 plus minutes went a little longer than we thought so we really appreciate uh that but joey wagner set this up uh he wanted to you know talk with brett bielema after this and you know he's been great at giving us the nitty-gritty of his program throughout the spring and uh, he met with us on Tuesday uh, to discuss the end of spring ball. And that's when the Isaiah Williams news came out that, you know, they were, they were changing positions and all that. So if you're looking for like little things about the roster uh, in this podcast, that that's not what we covered here. Joey and I wanted to go more big picture with Brett Bielma about, you know, taking over this program, about his background, about how he's going to apply that all here at Illinois, and just what this first six months on the job has been like. We wanted to wait to get Brett on until he's had more time to kind of get into the job, get into the roster, get into knowing his staff. And as always, Brett was was very insightful about his program. Of course, you know he's not going to tell us everything, but I thought he was very insightful about where his program is at. Uh, and I've really enjoyed him wanting to let you guys into the program. You know, obviously that wasn't the case very much with Lovey Smith. And, you know, we got to do our job. We ask the questions. If we don't get the answers, he asks questions again. Uh, but we, we can only do too much. Um, but Brett Bielma wants to take you, the fan, inside his program a little, as much as possible, right? Because he knows that's an important part of the job at a college program to bring people in. And he discussed that, uh, about that part of the job. And we got into how he's grown as a coach, his evolution, his upbringing behind so many Hall of Fame coaches, and what he's learned about the Illinois football program, positives, negatives, all of it, um, as he's now half a year into the job. I had a great time talking with Brett Bielma. Joey Wagner had a good time talking with Brett Bielma when we come back here from the first-year Illinois football coach right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast and happy to have Illini football coach Brett Bielema joining us here. Thanks for joining us, Brett. How you been? Jeremy, I've been good. Thanks. We yeah. uh, got through, uh, obviously, the spring and and then really last week had uh, player interviews that were, for me, very enjoyable. I'd never been able to be as one-on-one with a lot of those guys as much as I was there. So it was a fun week for me. And now we're really just, you know, the ever-changing world of college football with the recruiting dynamics of, of COVID and June where I'll have a camps and these one-day evals. There's a lot of structure that we're working on right now just to get ready for June. Yeah, and you've done a great job, Brett, with the nitty-gritty of the program telling us in the media, and, and we appreciate that. So we might be a little bit, a little bit more uh, big picture here, but it's been a hectic first six months on the job for you, but I would imagine this has also been uh, pretty fun uh, being back in the captain's chair and steering the ship here. Um, so what has this been like? Describe the last six months. What's this meant to you? You know, um, uh, very, uh, very thankful for the opportunity. Uh, you know, the first phone call I had with Josh to where we are today, you know, when I began just thinking about it, then to be able to realize, hey, this is going to come true and then actually to live it now. Uh, since December 19th has just been a whirlwind, but a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think I've hired a really good group of people to be around us, um, not just our, our 10 assistant coaches and not just our four GAs, but in uh, personnel and recruiting. I brought in a mix, a variety of people. I've been able to hold over a few guys that have been huge uh, in that transition as well. And then just a simple thing may sound silly, right? But we have this COVID testing every morning, um, you know, usually starts anywhere at five in the morning to six, but when we go to State Farm, they don't open up till 6 a.m. So you walk in and and you're in there with a bunch of athletic department personnel that aren't coaches, right? So a lot of guys that are, you know, in facilities or, you know, uh, whatever facet there are in the athletic department and people just that haven't seen you, like, come up to you and say things and express how excited they are and, 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 and just really makes you appreciate what it means to be uh, the head football coach here at the University of Illinois. And you've seen outside of Illinois your first go around in the Big Ten, Brett. Here, some highs for Illinois then, but also obviously um, some of the lows. So, as as you've gotten your inside look more than anybody uh, these last six months, what are the biggest things you didn't know previously that you've learned about this program, whether positive, negative, indifferent? Well, you know, I would say a couple of things jump out right away when when you get twenty one super seniors to come back. That says something to me. Now, I, I recruited some of those guys, some of them just did it. I think because they, they hey, this guy's coming back, I'm going to come back. But um, when the rest of the nation had a lot of guys move on and 21 super seniors decided to stay, that said something to me about the value uh, of what they believe in, right? And, and I give Lovey a lot of credit, right? So um, he, he recruited those guys and, and bought them into the University of Illinois, right? And when there wasn't the success that maybe they wanted, they wanted to still have it, and that's why they came back. That was one thing that jumped out to me right away. The second thing is when we were leaving the spring – and I went through these exit interviews. I didn't have one kid come in and ask me to enter the transfer portal, not one. And when I saw what's going on the rest of this conference and the rest of college football, 
and realized that every kid we had wanted to stay and be a part of what we're doing, it, it told me that they were now hearing the right thing. So we started on a good foot, and then the way we've left it now going into the summer had a lot of positive vibes. And then I would say the third thing, the best thing is in recruiting, um, once we address certain things and started to attack certain areas, we've begun to see the results of that. And, you know, I, I can't be oblivious when you're recruiting an 18 year old young man uh, to come here uh, from high school, right? In their lifetime, Illinois has really never been very good, right? There's only three winning seasons during their lifetime, and two of those were seven win seasons. It wasn't like they were setting the world on fire. So, like, I can't ignore when we're recruiting that these kids know and and understand Illinois to be, and I have to tell them and get them to believe in what's coming. They get to do something that a lot of people don't get to do. They can change the, the history and the path of Illinois football right now, and I think that excites them. Brett, I asked you earlier, I think maybe halfway through the spring, outside of that first practice moment, if you've kind of had that full reflection. And I think you said it was going to come later. I know you've been in exit meetings and it's been you know, really nonstop. But has that happened to you yet? Have you had that moment at night at home or, or any point? You know, Joey, it's kind of funny. Like as a head coach, you you when you've been a head coach, you know things that might come at you, right? Like every day I, I love a cup of coffee um, driving into work. And I'll say to myself, what's going to happen today that I have no idea is going to happen? Because you definitely get that thrown at you. You know, something's going to pop up that just isn't on your radar and you really don't expect it, but all of a sudden it's there. But one of those moments just came this past weekend. My wife and I, um, we've been grinding really for about 17, uh, eight weeks of, of, of uh, winter conditioning and then five weeks of spring ball. So about 13 straight weeks of grinding. So I had coaches still that have families all over the country. I let everybody get out of town for four days. And, and my wife and I snuck up to Chicago and uh, Sunday uh, I'm walking across the street and my wife had gone on a shopping uh, extravaganza, but really just uh, for my daughters, we had stopped by Disney um, and picked up a couple uh, um, uh, uh, mermaid outfits for the swimming pool this summer. And uh, so I'm walking across the street with these two Disney bags, got a mask on, got a hat cranked down, don't have anything on Illinois. And all of a sudden I hear an ILL from across the street. And uh, a guy walks up to me and he is a 91 graduate um, and and just expressed how excited he was. And and you, 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 obviously I'm in Chicago, I'm state of Illinois, but I kind of was, you know, trying to be incognito. And, and here I was just being a normal dad, a husband, walking across the street with my wife. And you never forget uh, like how much people love the Illinois program and, 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 it kind of came full circle to me there that like um, how excited people are about the program, about what we can do and, and the new energy, new excitement. You know, that's maybe different than the NFL. Like college coaches, some have like this approachability, right, about them that, that maybe is different than a pro coach. Did you miss that? I mean, obviously you've experienced it before, but. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I, I, would, I get it. And not that I missed it or didn't miss it. I don't think we ever changed who we are. Like, as you guys can probably guess, I'm probably a, I do, I'm a personality guy. I like people. I like being around people. I like to, you know, um, you know, get to know people. I don't know. I, I encourage our players all the time. You know, men grow the most when they're outside their comfort zone, when they, when they get to know somebody or do something they've never done. So uh, for them, me to preach it to our guys, I think I got to live it as well. But um, I think part of college football is different. The NFL is, you know, there's not like a, a, a donor, uh, circle in the NFL or someone that you got to constantly, uh, you know, uh, uh, make sure that you're, you know, engaged with and, and and making them be engaged with your program. The NFL, 
you know, your donor program is season tickets and TV contracts, right? That's how they make their money. And the more they win, the more they get. Uh, but uh, in college, there's that encompassing in, in, in whole picture of the student body experience, you know, uh, recruiting uh, donors, uh, being a part of the University of Illinois system, um, the way this, the, you know, the from the president to the chancellor to uh, different people on campus that have been, I, I'm showing my daughters uh, the, the vet farm over here, right? So we got a club to a couple horses, a couple sheep. I got up real close. They were changing the horseshoes off a, a, a horse. And I was explaining to my daughter that the horse was literally changing his shoes. And we got close, but I didn't say anything to anybody. I was inside my car from about 20 feet away. Uh, I, I, I come to my uh, computer like maybe two hours later, and I got an email from the director of the vet school who said that a couple of students had seen me on campus and invited me to uh, get a personal tour of the vet school. I mean, that doesn't just happen. That happens at Illinois. I don't think that's a common thing. Uh, just because of the people that we have in this in this university. What is it about that grind, the recruiting, the donors, the Zooms, the, the you know, 102 guys you're responsible for knowing and, and you know, kind of tracking a little bit? What is it about that that's attractive to you? How does that fuel you? Um, you know, I, I, I probably go back to my beginning in college football. I was a walk-on. No one knew who I was at the University of Iowa, and, and my head coach, Hayden Fry, came up to me and started talking literally the first day of practice. I think I – jumped out to him. I was probably working harder than everybody else and, 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 and doing the things that made you stand out. But like, it made a huge impression on me. Here was a head coach who I'd only met one other time in my life. I'm playing, I'm part of his program, but I sat there for four years as a player, five years as a player and watched the effect that as a head coach, he had on me as a person, um, really had no intentions of ever becoming a coach. I firmly believe to this day. Um, the reason I got into coaching is because of the way Hayden Fry coached me. Um, and, and I saw the effect that he had on our team, on our players, on our community. Then I became an assistant coach for him. And I watched, I went into a home. We went into Anthony Heron from Bolingbroke, Illinois. It was the first kid I ever signed out of the state of Illinois. And I watched Coach Fry get on the floor. I'd never seen a man on the floor in my life. And, and all of a sudden he's playing with Anthony's niece um, that was like less than a year old. And, and I, I, me, I was mesmerized by the effect he had on that room. And then Anthony actually ended up coming and playing for us. So I saw it then as a player, then I saw it as a recruiter. And then I uh, was able to transition to other coaches, you know, Kirk Ferentz, Bill Snyder, Barry Alvarez, Bill Belichick, guys that, uh, uh, Joe Judge in New York, guys that had taken over programs and, and had built it to what they wanted it to be. And, and that probably has intrigued me more now, like Josh and I first talked about, to build Illinois into sustained success. Yeah, I know you've talked about those guys. They're kind of like a good North Stars uh, of your coaching career here. But, I mean, I know obviously Hayden Fry helped shape you and develop you into this. But when did it become apparent, like, man, I've got a pretty good list of guys here, you know, from Hayden to all, all the way down the line? You know, I, it's, a, it's a great point, uh, I would say. So Hayden Fry, I still got the note. Um, Hayden Fry, I'm a big believer in power of the pen, right? Um, anybody can write an email, shoot a text, but it takes time to write a note. When Hayden Fry retired, he wrote me a note and it, it had some personal things in there, some things that he had known I'd gone through in my life. Um, but the last line of this of the note basically said, you're going to be a great head coach. Make sure you're prepared when you get there. And for some reason that day, it stuck out to me. Um, and it still does to this day because I didn't know it. But on life's path, you are going to be greatly affected by people you had no idea until it's years later. Right. So. 
I stayed at the University of Iowa and Hayden retired. Kirk kept me and to see the transition that Hayden to Kirk from taking over a legend to becoming one, that didn't just happen by chance. We were one in 10 our first year. Then we won three games and we made it to a bowl game. Then I left. But when I took over for Barry Alvarez, then, you know, whatever it was, six years later or whatever, like I had that perspective to lean back on for replacing a legend. Um, when I was at Kansas State, worked for Bill Snyder, really because of the connection at Hayden Fry. Bill had been there, um, and then I'd got to know him on a personal level through a, a mutual friend, Ron Amici. Um, there was just all these connections uh, um, uh, Ron made uh, to get me with Coach Snyder. Then I go to Bill, and then somebody was interviewing me um, when I was transitioning to being the head coach of Wisconsin, and they named off the head coaches I'd worked for, and I'm like, and now I was working, you know, obviously with Barry Alvarez, like they're like all three of these guys are uh, all four of these guys are potentially Hall of Fame coaches. And I just sat there and I didn't didn't realize every coach I'd worked for was a Hall of Fame coach. And that that doesn't happen by chance. Um, I think, A, they they hire good people. And then I realized it when I was there. And then to continue that to the next level, when I got a chance to work with Coach Belichick, like there were so many things that I, I knew were new that I was learning with Bill but yet they weren't new because I had already seen something similar in four other coaches I'd worked with. Maybe not to the extent, but there's a lot of the same characteristics that I recognized, and, and that's what I instill in everything we do today. I want to go back to that spring game. I saw you standing there, obviously, with the players at the front of the tunnel before you came out, and your eyes kind of darted around. What was that moment like when walking to the sideline again? A, a I mean, obviously it had been a while, right, for you yeah. in that position, but B, 2020, I mean, you've seen empty stadiums. Like, yeah. it kind of felt like a lot what was going into that moment. You know what? I try to take a mental picture of that moment and then trying to compare it to when we see it um, uh, in August when we take on Nebraska, um, just to kind of give that perspective. I always tell our guys, you know, no matter what you got to do on game day, when you hit the tunnel, you got to get your mind right, right? Because really for the next three hours, um, it, it, it nothing else matters except for what's going on inside that stadium. I don't care if we're, we're here, if we're going to be on the road, you know, our first – a road game at Virginia, whatever we're going to do. We got to, uh, we go to Iowa next year. You know, we're going to go on the road to Minnesota. Like it really doesn't matter where you're at. Once you enter that stadium, it's just you against them. Right. And and as a head coach, I'm going to be on the sideline, but I want our players to know that it's 11 guys on the field is the only thing that matters. Brett, you've kind of talked about your your coaching evolution here and, and how that kind of stacks on each other. And, and obviously there's a personal evolution as well. And I have two kids that are about the same age as your kids. And, you know, people might want to have this narrative of, oh, they've changed him or he's a changed man or whatever it is. Uh, but how has fatherhood impacted you you professionally, if at all? I guess for me, it might give me perspective of parents, that of players I'm talking to, things like that. Like, what, how, how has that affected you? Jeremy, that's a great point. Like, I... I you know, for X number of years as, a, as an assistant coach and then uh, really the first, uh, you know, I guess it would be uh, uh, almost nine years, 10 years that I went as a head coach without having children, I referenced it, but I didn't know it, right? Like about what that value is. And now when we're recruiting young men to come here, um, I always say to the parents, listen, I know the, the value of being a parent. Like, I don't know it like you know it. I don't have an 18-year-old child going to school, but I, I, I know that, you know, it really doesn't matter what I buy my child, it really doesn't matter what I can afford to, you know, give her as a present or what kind of clothes we can put on her. It's really about what I invest in her as a person and what I pass along to her. And that is a perspective you only know as a parent. So that's definitely changed me and knowing the reality of that, but um, just certain highlights in my day, you know, like 
I usually try to be free. I usually come into work very early. Um, I usually try to be free like around 7.30 to 7.45 because that's when my wife's taking them to school and they can call me on the phone because I'm never there when they wake up. Um, and then I very seldom get to see them go to bed. So like if I can sneak home uh, uh, or if they can sneak over and see me for 15 minutes in the parking lot, um, uh, if I do get home in time to put them to bed and then the other day I was able to go in and wake them. Uh, they were, they were uh, home. I was home when they were waking up and I was able to go in and scoop them up in the morning and the way they lit up, those moments are frozen in my mind in time, which you can't put a price tag on those things. What's the summer mean uh, for recruiting, Brett, as you, as you look forward, as, as you can finally welcome these parents and, and recruits on yeah. campus and, and see them and evaluate them. I mean, uh, th this has got to be a huge time for you guys. It, it, it is. June 1st would be the first time anybody can hit campus. Um, We'll have official visits every weekend in the week of June um, because of the rule that they enacted. It allows us to have one day evaluations from June 1st to June 28th. We don't have a day off. And, and I think there's nobody more excited about that than me. Um, uh, like we literally have to make ourselves available for anybody. When you're in Champaign, right, the one disadvantage we have is we just don't have a large population pool of, of you know, high level um, power five division one. Um, Big Ten championship players. We've got a couple, you know, we've got a handful of them. We got to get those guys. They've been a mission from day one. But if we got a kid that's coming from Atlanta and he's swinging through, we got to make sure we're available. We have to be a little bit adaptable to them. So that's exactly what we've done. Um, and there's nobody more excited to get here for an official visit than us as coaches. We've been getting to know these guys since January through Zoom calls and um, to, to be in front of them and let them feel what you're about and let them uh, express the you what they're about i think that that's something that excites all of us so june will really be exciting june 28th starts a a dead period that we we have all, a, a dead period for about four weeks that we can't do anything so we'll sneak away on vacation a little bit as coaches but that's actually when some of our players will be here on campus uh, uh and getting ready for the fall season so it's a really it's a good balancing act that we're looking forward to Fred, I wanted to ask you about this plan. Like, it seems like you've come in and it's just been, okay, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, and this is how I've done it. Was this something, I picture it, I know I'm not right here, but I picture it like a book that you had written in this time. Like, okay, this is my plan. I'm sure it wasn't, but was it just second nature or was there adaptability over the last few years for you to come in with this? You know, it has been very detailed and thorough. Yeah, you know, I would say, Joy, that probably the, um, the work experience I had the last few years in the NFL, they very much – even though it's a little bit different timing, it, it mirrors college football more than people think. You have OTAs, which is really spring football, limited number of practices. You can have scrimmages, um, and it, it'll end up with you know a, a bigger uh, spring scrimmage. Uh, then you have uh, restrictions in the summer, and then you get fall preseason, and any other which that marries college football very similar. So I was able to kind of be in college football remotely by watching it, but also experiencing it through pro football. And I knew I wanted to be a head coach again. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be in college or pro. I didn't know what way it was going to end up, but I knew I'd be there again. I wanted to be ready when I was. So I, I constantly, at the end of every year, would reevaluate where I was at. And to be honest, when I was let go at Arkansas, you know, for those first initial couple of weeks, um, uh, really just began to say, well, okay, what did we do well? What didn't we do well? And how could we change it? And then really uh, a hidden advantage for, for all my years in the NFL, I immediately hit the road in the spring going out and working players across the country and all these other schools. So, you know, I was with Dabo and, and when I went to Clemson, I made sure I went and saw Dabo, sat in his office, looked at what they had there. Um, I did, you know, a couple of pro days at Alabama. I was at USC. I was at every big 10 school. I was, 
you know, and I was now walking into Big Ten schools as not Brett Bielma, the head coach of Wisconsin. I was an NFL assistant coach, so the doors were open a little different, you know. So there's a lot that went into it. And then literally when when Josh called, I'd interviewed for a couple other head coaching jobs, and, and I'd already kind of laid a plan out that I knew was going to be there, but I was really intrigued with the personnel side of it and the recruiting side that we've made this program very pro. I know Lovey was an NFL coach, but the way we're structured now, we're really structured like an NFL program and organization on how we're developing our players. And, and that's been a great change for us. My last thing, and I know you've been gracious with your time. Thank you. Your coaching staff, Brad, now that you've had a spring to, to get all the chemistry and working together, obviously you were excited about them when you made the hires, but how has this spring furthered that and just getting a chance to be with them every single day? Well, you know, I've been around a couple of them. Uh, Bart Miller had been with me as a former GA, but I'd never seen him as a full-time coach other than the one mid-years transition. Uh, you know, George McDonald had hired uh, once before, but he was only with me about 10 days, so I hadn't been on the field with him uh, offensively. You know, I'd been around Tony Peterson for over 20 years, but I'd never seen him run a meeting. Um, uh, uh, so, just, and then Corey Patterson, I didn't know from Adam before coming here, and and just Ben Miller, um, an Air Force guy who I knew very little about, to see those guys work offensively, to see the effect that they had on their room, um, to see the effect they had on young men, has been it's been invaluable. And then defensively, two former players in Aaron Henry and J-Mo, uh, to see them come full circle when I sat in their living room and tried to convince them to come and play for me to now they're doing the same uh, with young men across the country. Uh, uh, Ryan Walters has been a, a shooting star in his profession and just been overly impressed with him. And what he brings, Andy Boo had worked with me in the past. The reason I wanted him to coach our inside linebackers, he's the best inside linebacker coach I've ever had, and I wanted to uh, to bring him back and be a part of it. So, like, Kevin Kane was a GA, never been a full-time coach for me, and I watched his career grow. Uh, he's been a huge asset both on and off the field. So, them and my, my recruiting department, right? So, Pat Embleton, who you guys knew, has just been unbelievable uh, in transition here. Now to bring him in and add Nate McNeil, add, add Jay Kaiser, uh, Coach Ryan, Pat Ryan, um, uh, Terry Hawthorne, uh, just Pat Pearson, all these guys coming together. And they really, we meet a lot as a collective staff, but we also meet a lot individually because it is separation of personnel and coaching, which I think works out well. I, I got to understand both, but I couldn't be more pleased. Um, uh, I'm more excited. It's just a fun group. <laughs> we, you know, some of, some of the uh, uh, just – being human uh, in our hallways uh, today was Bart Miller's birthday and he gets annihilated on photos uh, 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 all day long. So like little stuff like that just goes a long way uh, to make the job a, a great place to work. You have a Papa shot scouting report down in that team lounge. Uh, no, <laughs> don't. Is, is Bart right. Miller, is it the, uh, is it the cowboy hats and cowboy boots? Is that what it is? You know, it, was, uh, it had to be either a young coaching or a playing photo in, in the, um, <laughs> It looks different than the Bart Miller now. Just kind of say that. <laughs> well, Brett, uh, appreciate the time and insight in your program as always, uh, and, and enjoy. Hopefully, you can get away with some, with some time with the family here after after these last six months and the month you got ahead in June. Well, we appreciate it, Brett. Thank, Thank you, you Jeremy. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Bye, Brett Bielma, Illinois football coach. Hope you enjoyed that, and we appreciate again his time uh, and giving you guys some insight into his program, and of course us as well. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. We will take the weekend off, I think, uh, and we'll be back next week to talk about the latest with Illinois basketball, football, non-revenue sports. We covered tennis and golf this week as well. Everybody have a great weekend. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Hey.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.